Alright, podcast rolling, rolling, rolling. How's everybody doing? Hope you're having a fun, fun day. Let's listen to something, I don't know, motivational or something or other. I don't understand this world today. Why is success a bad thing? Why, if you're a millionaire, you're evil. If you're a billionaire, you're the Antichrist. Because of their pathetic jealousy. That's all it is. Jealousy. Seth, you're worried? You're worried that some some people don't like you in the locker room? Hell, if you ain't making enemies, you ain't making money. If every... <laughs> so that was pretty good. It reminds me... Uh very vaguely not even close really of uh, something Sir Winston Churchill once said Um, he said so you have enemies good that means you stood for something and uh, that's pretty much about right on the, the money I mean if you have enemies for some reason Nowadays, you're a, it means you've succeeded. Uh, if you have enemies, it means you've stood up for what you believed in. Uh, for some reason, if you're successful at, in any way, shape, or form, you're instantly a bad person uh, in someone's eyes. So, don't know where that came from, but it came from somewhere. Welcome along to... Americana the American way I am Big John get get this on the Anchor podcast app as well as Spotify and of course rumble.com if you want to watch the video formation and where else and what else oh on Getter and Twitter Getter and Twitter it is at the real underscore Big John I stopped using Gab a few, uh, like not much, not long after I started using it, and then I, I learned today that I don't know. I was watching something on YouTuber, uh, and <clears throat> I guess Gab was known as the social media app for racist, white supremacist crackers. I didn't know that, but I'm glad I'm not checking my account anymore. I don't want to be associated with that nonsense. So, uh, a couple of things uh, I saw today. Um, Our government is trying to spend more money uh, on the war with Ukraine and some brave conservatives are saying, "Uh uh-uh, no crap shit, boss. We ain't doing it. Um, not gonna happen. Uh, it, it may end up happening. The the bill and things may pass, but realistically, uh, why is this America's war? You know, um, just off the top of my head, you know, and. billion isn't going to lower the price of gasoline. But we're suffering at the pump for decisions Joe Biden made his first day in office. Um, 
we've got a, a baby food shortage now or a formula shortage uh, you know and, and everything along the supply chain is uh, causing that shortage the ingredients for the formula the containers that it go in everything is just messed up and you know yeah companies are gonna ramp up production and do things now to get that uh, process moving but it's gonna be like July maybe before the shelves are really full again and you know there's some babies with again I don't know what all baby formula is in shortage but some needs have a <clears throat> a need pardon me for a special type of formula I would imagine but you know 40 billion dollars in tax breaks or in grants or loans could help these companies that are uh, behind on production or the supply chain um, I have a relative right now who is elderly and uh, he has he has t plenty of money in the bank he has uh, um, a Medicare Advantage pardon me I, I couldn't think of the name of it but he has a Medicare Advantage health care plan he has a Medicare supplemental and the doctors and the insurance companies have basically said, because you're 85, you're not going to live much longer anyways. We don't want to waste money on uh, and resources on uh, treating the cancer of an old man. Uh, he was supposed to be dead six months ago. They didn't give him a timeline, but everyone's like, wow, this cancer hasn't grown or spread hardly any in the last year. About two two or four weeks ago we found out it finally spread <laughs> but it's not the cancer that's killing him it's the piss poor treatment from the doctors and the insurance companies <clears throat> because they have to save resources for people with more longevity ahead of them more years of life left they don't want to waste money and resources on an 85 year old is basically what they've told us um, okay 40 billion dollars homelessness like wildfire in California all over the United States can't just pick on Frisco and LA anymore um, 40 billion dollars could help that problem quite a bit wouldn't you think why not, you know, $40 billion in tiny homes, you know, make the homeless folk go to work on a farm or do something to pay, pardon me, had a good little burp there. Uh, anyways, set the homeless people to work um, to, uh, you know, earn their keep, teach a man to fish, feed him for the rest of his life kind of thing. You know, I'm not saying build homeless shelters and feed and keep these people homeless forever. Make them make another 
bunch of people that's dependent upon the government. What I am saying is we can find a better way to spend $40 billion. And uh, Senator Rand Paul has at least stood up to the uh, corporate corrupt political machine and Biden administration by objecting to the $40 billion Ukraine aid package. Uh, see here, the article by The Hill, Senator Rand Paul, Republican, Kentucky, hit the brakes Thursday on bipartisan hopes the Senate could quickly pass nearly $40 billion in Ukraine aid before leaving town for the week. Paul objected to a deal offered by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader, who needs to gizzo with an izzo, Minority Leader Mitch Goober McConnell, Republican Kentucky, that would have set up votes on Thursday afternoon on the funding and an amendment. I don't want this video on my screen. Uh, and on an amendment from Paul, who wanted to include language in the bill to expand an Afghan inspector general in gen, inspector general role, excuse me, to include oversight of Ukraine's funds. Why shouldn't there be oversight if we're giving them all this money? Paul blocked the votes because his language inserted into the text of the bill instead of having to take his chance with an amendment vote, which could be blocked. The stalemate will delay the Senate package uh, of or the Senate passage, excuse me, of the Ukraine package until at least next week and potentially beyond. Kudos, Mr. Senator Paul. Senator Rand Paul. Dr. Rand Paul. Um, we need people like this in our Republican Party, in our government, to say, eh, wait, let's just... Uh, Halt, stop, and a whoa, whoa, hold tight here for a second. Let's see what's really going down. Uh, instead of deal-making political machine Gubenheimers like Mitch McConnell. Did you, by the way, did you know, have I mentioned, have I told you before? I mean, well, I'll tell you again. Mitch McConnell is the love child of Granny Clampett and Admiral Akbar from Star Wars. It's a true story. I wouldn't lie to you. So, ahem, ahem. Uh, I'm going to take a little break here, drink some, some more Coca-Cola that I'm not supposed to be drinking. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to fire up a cigar and uh, talk about this new report from the World Health Organization which has been uh, read and vetted by uh, somebody I trust, Dr. John Goodman. I think that's his name. Oh, man. This... I didn't lose his video, did I? 
Well, anyways, um, I think that was the guy's name. How did I get to the damn Dr. Tom Pritchard video? Okay, well, anyways, um, this, this is a good article. Uh, just because it's from the World Health Organization, we shouldn't totally dismiss it. Uh, there were 14.9 million excess deaths associated with the COVID pandemic. And we'll, it's a quick read, and I'll, I'll explain to you what excess deaths mean uh, amid this. So, let's relax, chillax for a minute. Okay, so before people on the video cast lose interest in this. I uh, saw a good video on YouTube uh, about this situation and uh, I'll try to link his video in the description on Rumble. I don't, I'll find it here real quick just so I can get his name right. But he's a British chap and he's a doctor himself and very good at uh, breaking down statistics uh, and research like this. Uh, 14.9 million excess deaths associated with COVID pandemic in 2020 and 2021. The estimate from the World Health Organization Estimates show that the full death toll associated directly or indirectly with COVID-19 pandemic described as excess mortality between January 1st and December 31st, 2021 was approximately 14.9 million. Uh, there's a, a low end of three... Ah, 13.3 million and a high end of 16.6 million. So there's a little bit of a range, but if you get the, the median, it's 14.9. Uh, these, so, quote, the sobering data, not only to the point of impact of the pandemic, but also the need for all countries to invest in more resilient health systems that can sustain essential health services during crises, including stronger health information systems, said Dr. Tedros Amahand. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name. It's spelled G-H-E-B-R-E-Y-E-S-U-S. Uh, he's the World Health Organization Director General. Uh, what he means by more resilient health systems, things like this. You know, in the United States, we 
basically shut down all hospitals um, except for uh, <clears throat> except to accept COVID patients. Uh, now, if you had a heart surgery coming up and it was life-saving, you could go and, and get your planned heart surgery. Um, <clears throat> states, the federal government, put uh, extra extra like mil um, what were those called? Mash hospitals, like the TV show Mash. Okay, where the hospital was just um, a tent in a field, basically. And we built those around America. We had hospital ships and convention centers um, near New York City that were built up to accommodate COVID patients that were never used at the what was supposed to be the peak of the pandemic. Um, so what was wrong there? Was it... Well, we can't get into all that. Um, let's read on here. But that's... When they're talking about more resilient health systems, we need health systems that can handle everyday walk-in patients that come in with a cold, a sore tooth, a bloody nose for some reason, um, gunshot wounds, knife wounds, plus handle a, an emergency. Um, we saw at one point in the pandemic there was a nurse shortage and some of that shortage took place because uh, later on some nurses refused to get vaccinated but we're not going to go that road either the road we're going to go is things like elective surgeries were basically non, no longer allowed in the United States. Getting routine treatments and exams missed op caused missed opportunities to detect other illnesses early like heart disease and cancer. Our government had older people fearing to leave their homes. Um, I have an uncle out in Texas who's Hey, he's got anxiety. He's got shell shock from the Vietnam War. Uh, you know, you got older people that just chronically worry because they're older. And they're told, well, you're old, you're going to die soon anyway. And then you throw this disease out there and say, well... You know, this affects the, the elderly population a million times worse than it affects, you know, a 20-year-old. So these older people were in fear of leaving their houses uh, and going to the hospital, going to the doctor. 
you know, I, I had people, I saw people, before they told us to mask up, I saw people with uh, doctor gloves, whatever, rubber gloves, surgical gloves, and also with their own cans of homemade hand sanitizer, spraying the gloves and then rubbing the gloves together so they had, like, triple layer protection there. And then, of course, you know, we had the whole don't wear a mask, then wear a mask. Uh, oh, I lied to you about the masks. It, you know, it was just all over the place. Uh, and we have to get people to understand science can change as your knowledge of an illness changes. But the researchers have to change their opinion. The doctors, the politicians, the policymakers, as this article points out, needed to change with the, the science too in both directions. You know, how many people died of depression, suicide, alcoholism, drug abuse during this pandemic is the, the excess stuff we're looking at here. Um, there were six, six million deaths directly from COVID, okay? So if you're saying there were 14, might as well say 15 million excess deaths during 2020 and 2021, that means some of those people died of, uh, let's say, they had di they died from diabetes, but it was worsened by catching COVID. Uh, they died from suicide. They died from heart disease or a heart attack. They died from cancer because they didn't get their treatment. Uh, they didn't it didn't get detected. Uh, in the nick of time where the, they could have been saved because the hospitals and doctor's offices were under um, restrictions and you couldn't just go in for your routine checkup for the hell of it. Or you were afraid to, maybe. Uh, let me read on here. Excess mortality includes deaths associated with COVID-19 directly due to the disease or indirectly due to the pandemic's impact on health systems and society. Deaths related indirectly to COVID-19 are attributed to other health conditions for which people were unable to access prevention and treatment because health systems were overburdened by the pandemic. The estimated number of excess deaths can be influenced also by deaths averted during the pandemic due to lower risks of certain events like motor vehicle accidents or occupational uh, injuries. So we did see a decrease in, this article is not saying specifically, but I have read statistically we did have fewer motors or motor vehicle accidents excuse me uh and fewer 
uh, occupational or injuries and accidents and deaths at the workplace because people were told, oh, your job's not essential. You have to stay home and collect a welfare check. Most of the excess deaths, 84%, were concentrated in Southeast Asia, Europe, and the Americas. Some 68% of excess deaths were concentrated in, ten, in just 10 countries globally. Middle-income countries account for 81% of the 4.9 million deaths, 53% in lower income countries and 28% in upper income countries. So, let's see, over the 24 month period with high and low income countries accounting for 15% and 4% respectively. So, high income countries had a higher percentage of deaths than lower income countries. Very interesting statistic there. Let me tell you why here. One second. So this this uh, fifteen percent versus four percent. Countries with the highest income were fifteen percent of the four point nine million deaths. Countries with low income were 4%. Now, my recollection is correct. China is a high, as a nation, they have a high income. That would also include the United States, Great Britain, your European, some of your European countries. In some of them, the lockdowns were, quote, draconian. A word I never heard until a year or two ago. Uh, but anyways. <clears throat> evidently, at least it seems to me, the lockdowns and the mask mandates and the vax mandates didn't work. Because the low income places where they had, uh, would have had the least access to health care. Probably didn't have traditional jobs like you and I go to. Um, they had the least deaths. So, one, you can't buy your way out of death. Two, and the overarching theme and point of this article and research are this. We need to look more carefully at what to do during the next pandemic and learn from this one. And as the situation changes during the pandemic we have to change our policy and our decision makers and policy makers have to change with the times with the science Mr. Science Dr. Falsy you can't have a Keebler elf on TV who finally gets to be important after 50 years of government bureaucracy, on there going, oh, no, 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 you can't leave your house, you have to wear a mask, you have to get the Trump vaccine, it doesn't even work. Once we figured out that 
people under 40 years of age in general, except for a few breakthrough cases, uh, if you are healthy, relatively healthy, this, this disease really didn't hurt you. Those people could have gone back to work and gone back to their lives about six months into this pandemic because we knew that for a fact at that point. A lot of people died early in this pandemic because doctors jumped to put them on a respirator too quickly. And we found out that, that actually we've always known, being on a respirator weakens your lungs. The best treatment until a respirator was absolutely positively necessary, the best thing was a CPAP. So. I'll put this article link in the description on Rumble. You can read the rest of it for yourself. But the moral to the story is people, doctors, scientists, politicians, decision makers have to be thinkers, not just Dr. Fauci said we got to do this. You know, zombies. They have to change as the science changes. And we have to realize that science is not a set fact all the time. It changes with time. So their advice will change with the situation. But they have to change their advice and policies and decision-making process with the science, with the time, as we learn more. So, um, I really feel bad that 14.9 million people uh, died. That's about what, like I said, 6 million, the World Health Organization, six, between 6 and 7 million were directly from COVID, according to the website. I'll put a link to uh, Dr. John Campbell's video. Uh, and also link to the article about Rand Paul and the 40 million. God bless y'all. Pray for one another. See you next time on Americana, the American way. Play us out.